Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Dr. Anne Feldman is the founder and artistic direct, director of Artistic Circles, which cr- cr- creates collaborative media projects to promote social change. She has made an award-winning documentary entitled Ties That Bind, which, following the 9-11, brought together Chicago's Muslim, Jewish, and Christian communities. She has subsequently been working on a host of other initiatives, which she'll tell me about shortly. Dr. Feldman, welcome, and thank you for joining me. Sharice, I'm so delighted to be here. This is my first trip to South Africa. We arrived at 8.30 this morning, so I'm I'm just thrilled. Um I'm very excited to be here because I think this is a time when it's important for people to find their voices and to speak out. And for the past 30 years, I have been looking for voices that are not heard. So I have done programs in China. I did one of the first series on women and girls and went to China and interviewed them in 1997. At 9-11, as you say, I built community relationships between Muslims, Christians, Jews, African Americans, and Latinos in Chicago, because that was such a terrible time when people weren't really talking to each other. Yes, um, well, it's absolutely amazing in that you look for kind of the voices and give them a voice, and I know you, you worked work specifically, or not specifically, with a lot of women and what I wondered is you talk about your projects of China and um, bringing the projects of 20, uh, 9-11 then. What ha- have you seen over the years shift, and would those kinds of things be possible today? Specifically, say, with Christian, Muslim, and Jewish members of communities. I like your question. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, I think that extraordinary things are happening today. And they're happening from the young people, especially in the United States. Communities where there have been shootings, the young people are really up, uh, their arms are up and they're joined. And um, communities that should never have been speaking to each other are working together. So yes, it is possible. It is a very uh, difficult environment in... um, United States, there's a lot of hatred, there's a lot of fear. And I really believe that um, the majority of the good people want to be heard. And that is kind of the purpose of radio <laughs> and TV, isn't it? Isn't that what you're doing? Is you're letting voices be heard. And um, I mean, obviously, all our countries are changing all the time. And I think probably back a couple of years, maybe 20 years in South Africa, relations between Muslims and Jews was a lot better than it is today. And I think today it's particularly bad. So things change all the time. You work in social media. How effective do you think that it is as a um, platform? I believe that it makes great change because... I believe that the only change that can happen are partnerships. Now, um, a one-shot deal, an interfaith getting together, that may not have long-term effects. But the project that I did was built over five years. Okay. And those relationships are still going. Um, in 2010, I, I, the United Nations 
uh, supported a project that I did on water. And so I brought students and faculty from Northwestern University in Illinois all the way to Rajasthan, India. We stayed at a water center there, and then I brought that leadership back to Chicago and then to D.C. to meet with Congress people. So when you can build a long-term partnership, then you can make social change. If you think so it's based on the partnership. It's not actually based on the social media. It's the, the, it isn't. <laughs> but, but, but I have to tell you, Cherise, that the communities wouldn't come together without it. I, I tell you very really? n- just a gorgeous story. I think it's a gorgeous story. Um, when I started the project at night, before 9-11, I, I started the project and people were suspicious. But then when 9-11 happened, everyone was on board. And I went to the one mosque in Chicago area in Bridgeview that had the worst publicity, anti-Semitic publicity. And I went in as a Jew, and I went in with one of my board members who's Muslim. Okay. And I, I met with the imam, and I said, if you don't like people speaking for you, then you need to speak for yourself. And this project is about bringing women leaders together. So I need your wife to be on film. And she said, she was at the <laughs> meeting, she said, oh, I can't be on film. It's not modest. And he looked at her and he said, you'll get used to it. Ah, that's nice. So you get, <laughs> so you get used to it. You put, find yourself in a situation and you deal with it in a way. Right. And, and you've got, you need that little bit of a push. I think, I mean, I know I brought 2,500 people together in that project. They came together because it was being filmed. Wow. They also had the intent of coming together as communities. But it was a little extra exciting because it was being filmed for TV. Right. That's absolutely fascinating. Um, you, um, I know that you are in the process of writing a book. I finished it. You finished it. Yes. Congratulations. Okay. Do you want you. to tell me about that book? I would. Um, The book is called The Copyist, and it's the same story about um, a person searching for their own voice, their own story, finding it, facing great danger, censure from her community. This was an Orthodox woman who lived in Krakow, Poland in the 1580s. She was the daughter of a rabbi. She was the granddaughter of a rabbi. And somehow, for some reason, she traveled a thousand miles from Krakow all the way to Hanover, Germany, which was very anti-Jewish, big Lutheran city, found the Yiddish translation of the Psalms, one of the very first, felt that women and girls should be able to read the Psalms in their own language because they were not trained to read Hebrew. She copied that. She brought it all the way back, had it published by the top Jewish publisher. This was at a time when you can imagine. 1580, you said. 1580. She, uh, I, I can't even think back. <laughs> right. What was happening in the world around 1580 oh. before the French Revolution? Even. Right, right. <laughs> well, there was a, the Polish-Lithuanian Empire at that time. Okay. I know you, there's a big Lithuanian community yes. here in, in SA, and uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring the book to you. You know, I think that that it's a great example of someone caring more about her community, community, about the women, about God, than she did about her own safety. She must have had to travel by boat, by ox cart, mm. by horse, stay at inns with... Did she travel alone? 
In my book, she doesn't, but there's... <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, okay. It was really dangerous to travel alone. I, I can imagine. I mean, today it's dangerous for a woman to travel alone. But then, a woman traveling alone was, was a target. Yes. So, your book, to what extent uh, um, does poetic license come into play? Oh, it has to. The, the only thing we have of uh, Roisel Fischel is her 28-line preface. What? That's it. The preface to the book. But she tells her story. She says she's the daughter of a rabbi. And you know what? Instead of saying, I trace my lineage to, you know, the matriarchs, she says, I trace my lineage to King David. Wow. I am a Levite. It's much closer to that time than we are now. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> more <true>. possible. <laughs> yeah. But so, still, for a woman of that time, an Orthodox Jewish woman to say, my heritage, I'm a Levite. I am the keeper of the Psalms. King David is my king. And do we know the kind of response she had at that time to that? We do not accept that the top Jewish publisher published her book. Right. So there was some acceptance, certainly. Right. I have found the book at Harvard University. Wow. It's at the Bodleian Library in London. It's, it's in um, Jerusalem. It's, it's all over the world. And there, there have been 30 books and articles just about this woman and her 28-line preface. There's something ignites, ex igniting about her story that still speaks to people today. And I think it's because she found her voice and she stood up for what she believed in. And this is what we really need to do today. She is an inspiration. She has inspired me, and I think she can inspire <laughs> Dr. listeners. Dr. Feldman, yes. you, you speak about her 28-line preface. Um, how long is your book? How now that it's finished? <laughs> so the book is 200 pages. I have a little bit of it if you want to hear a little um, of course, I had to make up a lot of things. And was it fun? I mean, I'm just oh asking you. Oh. I mean, to what extent was it so creative and so fun? And how many times did you change the process? Because it's, in a way, you have carte blanche. Nobody can. Well, you do and you don't, don't because yeah. there were some real, real, real people there. So um, <laughs> I have been writing the book for almost four years. I think I have pr probably rewritten it more than 100 times. Okay. Um, I spend six hours a day writing it. It's the greatest joy. I can't even tell you. This character wakes me up sometimes at five o'clock in the morning with a psalm tune. Hmm. This is like, this goes to Psalm 42. Sit down and write it out. And I've recorded it. I, I was trained to be a cantor. I okay. was, I apprenticed for two years with one of the great cantors in Chicago. And I also sang with the wonderful, wonderful composer, Max Janowski, who's pretty famous in the reform circles. So I've, I've had a lot of training, you know, in cantorial work. I've studied, um, both conservative and reform. So, um, for me, it, I don't know. It's, it's so much fun. Yes, I, it sounds like I, fun. I can't even tell you how much fun it's been. Because, uh, you know, sometimes you take a novel and you create the idea, and sometimes you have a historical person and you work around that. But this is kind of the best of both. It's kind of a crossover book. I studied 500 sources so that I would be as accurate as possible. And, and it sounds kind of academic, but every time I figured out 
what she would wear. Right. That's what such would, fun. <laughs> you know, how she would keep kosher. And if she didn't, what would she do? Every time I looked and I found the real truth of that time, she would speak to me. When I didn't, she was silent. <laughs> and I could sit for hours at my desk and not get a story. Uh, um, Dr. Feldman, the, the remaining few minutes we have, would you like to read some of that book? Yes. Um, there's one story I think your your listeners would like because it's about secret Jews and Jews who've gone into exile. So she goes into the community of Breslau, which was taken over by the Lutherans and and really hated the Jews. And she, she goes in, into an inn and she meets the proprietress who says, my maid is my daughter and she saw you light the Sabbath candles in your room. And my mother and I saw you mouth the blessings at the table. My family are secret Jews. Fear coursed through my body. How could these women be secret Jews? It must be dangerous to admit being a Jew in Breslau. And that made me fearful for these women, for myself. She continued, there's no shul in Breslau, since the priests and government exiled most of the Jews and converted the rest of us. Our men secretly convene late on Shabbat in a neighbor's home and pray as a minion. However, we women have no one to lead us in prayer. Will you do so tonight? And Reusel was called Reb, hmm. Reusel Fischel. So she was considered like a, a female rabbi. And she, I, I think she would have led them in prayer. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, Dr. Feldman, enjoy the rest of your travels. But before I say goodbye, if anybody would like copies of the book or to contact you around initiatives that they may have with giving, as you say, the voiceless a voice, how should they go about doing so? They should look at our website, artisticcircles.org. And um, the email is artisticcircles at gmail.org and I will write back. Ah, com. Yes. Well, thank you so thank much you. For, for schlepping into the studios having just arrived in South Africa. I hope you have a, a very pleasant stay here. Thank you for an absolutely wonderful interview. An absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed that thoroughly. Thank you. <laughs> um, after the break, that's sorry, that was Dr. Anne Feldman from um, uh, Creative Circles. Is that right? Director of Artistic Circles. 